0: Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Nomads. I'm Dustin. And I'm Lauren. Today we're talking about Terminator. Terminator.
1: It is about robots.
0: (laughs) They aren't robots, they are cybernetic organisms.
1: Cybernetic skeleton with living tissue over the top, yes, we all know.
0: Uh Yes. So, Terminator... Uh, First started in 1984 And the basic plot is that Once Skynet, the US missile defense system Becomes self-aware, it takes over all computers And launches the nukes Killing most of the world's population Yeah, I mean, aw Then killing machines A.K.A. Terminators Hunt down the survivors A Terminator, Series 800 Mark 101, was sent back in time To 1984 To kill Sarah Connor the future mother of John Connor, the leading resistance fighter. Shortly after the machine's arrival, Kyle Reese, a resistance fighter, is also sent back in time to protect Sarah. Of course, they fall in love during their constant chase and baby John is conceived, who generally sucks in the following movies.
1: Ah, uh, that was a good movie though. It was, it was uh, very suspenseful. The, it was artistically done. Very good. It leads us into Terminator 2 Judgment Day, 1991. Failing to kill the mother, Skynet tries again and sends back a T-1000, that's a liquid metal Terminator, to kill John Connor in 1995. Best villain ever.
0: Less believable of a robot, but yeah. See, future
1: John Connor sends back a reprogrammed T-800, who is, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to protect his younger self. Sarah Connor decides to stop running and destroy Cyberdyne Skynet before it can start by tracking down the creator, some guy named Dyson, destroying the chip and handpiece of the original Terminator that they used to reverse-engineer. So it's a little complicated, but not really. Lots of explosions, awesome truck chase, liquid metal being flung around. It should have ended there, honestly. Mm -hmm. But...
0: In the Rise of the Machines, 2003, we find John expecting the world to come to an end, even though it didn't. Sarah Connor dies from leukemia years earlier, and we find him stealing from an old schoolmate, Kate. The... T eight hundred returns again with Arnold, uh, programmed to protect John and follows Kate's future wife of John's orders. We're introduced to the first female Terminator, a TX. There's a she's pretty hot. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a whole lot of stuff about Kate's dad trying to start Skynet. A big fight happens. Kate and John are safe in a bunker as the T eight hundred sacrifices itself to save them. Skynet reveals that there is no core that the internet was to blame all along. Nukes are fired, and we leave John answering emergency radio transmissions.
1: Okay, so that wrapped that up. No, not yet. What? No, nope, not yet. Next is the Christian Bale terrible epic, Terminator Salvation 2009. I give it credit to Christian Bale because apparently he did a lot of the writing. Um, this focuses on the aftermath of Judgment Day. And this movie is a mess. The actual main character's name is Marcus, some guy who survived Judgment Day and wakes up in a scary post-apocalyptic world. Uh, he runs into John Connor and a young Kyle Reese, who all work together to try and save people that are being collected for
0: some reason that nobody really knows. Theoretically termination.
1: Theoretically termination, but... Yeah. Later we
0: find we other find out explanations.
1: Later. Yeah, um... And what happens is that during a battle, it's revealed that Marcus is in fact a Terminator himself, cyborg <laughs> body with living tissue on the outside. And due to some with some flashbacks and some exposition, it's explained that he had donated his body to Cyberdyne before he died on death row. Uh, so he was probably one of the first of the uh, of these Terminators that used actual people. Well, they they
0: actually do explain that and that then they, he was he was they wiped his memory and, and that's put him what on they cold were storage. collecting
1: all the other humans for was they were going to make more of them. Um, besides that,
0: it's pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually saw that one in the theater, and it wasn't until about halfway through watching the movie for this this episode that I realized I saw it in the theater. You're like, oh, wait, I paid money to see this. And I remembered it as being atrocious and forgettable.
1: No, it was particularly atrocious because of Christian Bale. Well, it, there was that. And, this was... Okay, yeah. It yeah. was done at the same time as Batman was being done. So you hear a lot of the Batman voice.
0: But I'm Christian Bale. But it's worse because John Connor is a whiny pissant.
1: He's not really the resistance leader yet nope. in this film. He is still fighting with generals and official military people who survive.
0: John's a captain at that point. He has a company.
1: He's got, yeah, he's, so he's got really no power, but he's got a hunch and a heart of gold. And so. he does
0: shortwave radio addresses and everyone, a, a large number of, of survivors believe him to be the Messiah.
1: Yeah, because of his radio show, huh?
0: With his prophecies.
1: You don't do prophecies, do you?
0: Okay, No. Good. no.
1: We won't lose you to <laughs> to the John Connor-itis.
0: Then there's even more. <laughs> but wait, there's more.
1: Uh, finally, we have Terminator 5 Genesis. 2015 release date is a movie that focuses on Sarah Connor, who in 1984 um, has been, re- been raised by a reprogrammed T-800 Arnold, who is quite old at this point. Um, since she was nine it shows some flashback of her parents being killed this Terminator who she calls Pops comes and rescues her and raises her now this is this goes against um, the timeline that was set forth in the original Terminator so now we're talking about different futures different possibilities different fates and it gets a little complicated but um, Kyle Reese shows up in 1984 thinking he's going to find this cute little waitress. And instead, he finds this militaristic young girl who uh, has this robot bodyguard around <laughs> her all the
0: time. What well, was crazy it was the first, like, what, 15, 20 minutes? It felt like it was just a remake of the original Terminator.
1: Yeah, they did a really good... Uh, it was a shot-for-shot shot kind of remake mm-hmm. of the first Terminator. So you're convinced... That, oh, they're just going to be the same thing until Kyle Reese finds Sarah Connor, and she's actually this badass girl who's got cyborg pop.
0: And who does not, 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 not want to give birth to the fated leader of the resistance.
1: Yeah, she's not really interested. Um, but for some reason, they happen to have a time traveling device. So that's cool. So <laughs> they're convinced. Pops.
0: Pops. Pops had built one.
1: They built one. He'd been there for quite a while, so he built one. And uh, with it, they travel to the year 2017, the year before Skynet supposedly takes over. Again, mm-hmm. one this, of the judgment dates. This is, yeah, again, this is a different date from previous movies because the timeline has already been altered so much. Mm-hmm. All right. So. They learn that Skynet is implemented in a new gaming console called Genesis, which I am surprised they let that th- go.
0: <laughs> yeah, how
1: did s- somebody should own the rights to the Sega Genesis? And it,
0: they spelled it differently. Uh, it was they a gaming console Sega.
1: called Genesis,
0: but I, I wouldn't be surprised. And every, if- it was the
1: hottest new thing; everybody had to have it, and it was all going to be—it was going to be released on this particular day. I wouldn't be surprised
0: if either nobody who cared knew, because this movie did not do well in the box office, not many people have seen it, or Sega loved it.
1: Sega's not around anymore. Yeah, they
0: are. Are they? They, They're software now. Oh. They still make games, and uh, having their history honored like that, I'm sure they would have appreciated it.
1: Yeah, the the Judgment Day post-apocalyptic bringer of death (laughs) is quite an honor.
0: (laughs) Hey, back in the 90s, there was concern that Saddam Hussein was going to be using the PlayStation 2 to power new missiles.
1: Yeah, this is basically like that kind of fear, is that uh, these new consoles are so interconnected that, well, in this case, connected to nukes.
0: (laughs) Well, and... Okay, also, what's, what's crazy timing with this is consoles definitely play in with the whole Internet of Things, well, kind of with the Internet of Things, and we are uh, recording this, I think, what, two days after a massive DDoS attack <laughs> using the Internet of Things. This
1: is true. Yeah, it was massive. Oh, my gosh. Internet was shut down all over... Skynet. It was Skynet, people. Yep. Take a- To put on your aluminum hats... And start chanting, Genesis, Genesis. <laughs> okay, so who shows up at this point but the frickin' John Connor himself? Yep. He traveled back from the future. No, not really.
0: Uh, he'd been turned into a Terminator.
1: Oh my god, what a twist!
0: Yeah, so... What a twist! Now, not only do they have Terminators that look like humans and Terminators that are liquid metal, but now they have a Terminator that can restructure your body cell by cell into an amorphous uh cybernetic cyborg glob not even cyborg at that point it just it absorbed his body took all of his memories his thought patterns uh he added in some programming so he knew who he was but also that knew what he was programmed to do
1: yeah so so that
0: must have been quite the twist
1: pretty much nanobots Little nanobots. And um, this means that this Terminator can, can turn anybody else into a Terminator. And anyway, it doesn't really do matter because it was can, terrible.
0: He can make weapons out of his arms like the liquid metal ones. That was
1: kind of cool. But again, it was just another different disappointing portrayal of John Connor. uh uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explosions occur. Upgrades are handed out. Sacrifices are made. And that's where we've been left
0: hanging. With John Connor... Bringing about Judgment Day. Duh. Yeah. So, okay, the the franchise actually has more than just the movies.
1: That's right. We've got the TV series, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, Mm -hmm. uh, which we almost made it through.
0: We got through the first season and about a third of the second.
1: There was only two seasons. We probably should have just
0: finished it. When I watched it the first time when it was actually airing on TV in 2008... Uh, I think I made it through five or six episodes. Yeah. And lost interest.
1: Yeah. So 2008 to 2009, the TV series ran with Leena Hedy as Sarah Connor, who you might recognize as...
0: Cersei. Cersei
1: from Game of Thrones. So she plays maternal badass really well. (laughs) She did a good job on this show. Um, Summer Glau as Mm -hmm. Terminator
0: from Firefly.
1: Firefly. River from Firefly. She plays the Terminator, um, Cameron, who is their protector, and some dude playing John Connor. Yep. Actually, his name's Thomas Decker.
0: And, and John Connor, at this point, is a 15-year-old whiny sack of crap.
1: The only thing he's missing is the acne. So this is basically a coming-of-age show.
0: But really messed up, because they start out in two 2000- thousand. i think and then they travel into the future
1: i don't know people i don't know there's so much time traveling paradoxes here that Uh it's it's, anyway
0: his uncle comes back
1: yeah his uncle who's a resistance fighter comes back so there's all this you know kyle reese and all that stuff there's a lot of sexual tension between the terminator cameron and Uh john which is super awkward because they're supposed to be brother and sister as their cover. Yeah,
0: and also between Sarah and Kyle Reese's brother, the uncle. I'm blanking on his name.
1: <laughs> I can't remember his name either. It was pretty forgettable. Uh,
0: yeah, it was. It was rough. It's what it really comes down to is Terminator works as a movie because. Heck, you, it worked as two movies. Yeah, you need big action you need lots of violence you need explosions you need non-human things happening in the form of a human which arnold is perfect for and because he's big what it doesn't work with is a story because if you actually flesh out the story of terminator It disintegrates. The
1: plot killed the Terminator.
0: They were actually planning on doing another three movies. And no, 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 please don't. They shouldn't have even done a third movie in the first place.
1: And we'll get a little bit into that in the production notes when we talk about um, James Cameron's vision versus what happened in the the different movies. Um, But as for Sarah Connor Chronicles... You know, Sarah is a badass character. Um Cameron is fun. She's a, you know, she's got these robotic like tendencies that create some lighthearted situational comedy mm-hmm. um which is weird because she's when she's first introduced, she's a normal she's acting like a normal teenage girl.
0: Yep, flirting she, with John.
1: She but she can't pull it off for the rest of the show.
0: Except on weird
1: unless she's periods. about to get killed.
0: Yeah, if she's about to die then all of a sudden she has emotion and she or, loves John.
1: Yeah, so it's like, oh my god. Um, It was canceled, about second season, and uh, we didn't make it that far. Yep. Um, Besides visuals, besides movies and TV shows, there's also comics, graphic novels, and a series of games that have been on every single console you can imagine, all the way from DOS to the PlayStation 4. I mean, it's been on everything. There are arcade games. Terminator Pinball is particularly fun. And um, you'll see Terminator in pop culture references everywhere, from Simpsons, Family Guy, and and South Park, and all sorts of stuff. It is it is as much a part of our culture as any other major film. And uh, it was largely yeah. to do with James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: It's it's Arnold and the well, actually, yeah. It's so what, what's interesting when you look at it is the first one was James Cameron made it because arnold in 1984 was still kind of rough he hadn't worked for a
1: robotic personality it
0: it worked by terminator 2 arnold had completely mastered the one-liners oh my god and it was glorious
1: hasta la vista baby hasta la vista baby um. Yeah. So we've got a couple of the one-liners there. <laughs> it's, it's good times. Uh, which leads us to um some of the production that was done for this. Okay. So James Cameron was a freaking genius, and I think a madman. The stuff, <laughs> the stuff he wanted to do was insane for the time, for the era, for the technology that mm-hmm. they had. Uh, at one point, they had... Well, at several points, they had full-scale model steel replicas of the Terminators that took, what, like four to six people to puppet? Yeah. It's insane. That is insane.
0: Well, when when we watched... Uh, because we, we went through everything in order, almost made it through Sarah Connor, when we watched Terminator 1 again, and then we watched Terminator 2 again with the uh, the commentary. And... It was crazy what went into putting that together. It
1: really gives you a whole new perspective when you read um, when you're reading all the production notes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it's fun too. But like just
0: the car it, chases, the
1: car chases, the number
0: of vehicles involved,
1: how much traffic they must have had to shut down in order to do some of these shots in L. A. Was uh, it L. A. San Francisco? It was L. A. Like
0: so, there was one where they did it on uh, one of the freeways. And they had production windows for, I think it was 20 days from like midnight to 5 a.m. And they could have the freeway for 5 to 10 minutes while Highway Patrol shut it down.
1: It was insane. That's insane. But it's L.A., so I'm sure
0: they're used to it. That meant that they would have 5 to 10 minutes to set up the shot, run the shot, and then clean everything up so that traffic could flow again.
1: And make it. All work with other shots that yeah. they've been doing for t- twenty days straight. It's, in, it's
0: yeah, insane. it was crazy.
1: Um, the miniatures with the matte backgrounds are are used, but they're they didn't date as badly as I as I was expecting them to. It works out really well, um, in especially the beginning shots where they're showing um, the. The big tank robots and stuff crushing the human skulls, and, and that was all miniaturized, but it looked good, but the scary
0: the thing is you look at Terminator One and Two, both of them they pushed the limits of computer graphics
1: well that. They pushed the limits of...
0: Uh, special effects.
1: Special effects. Because right. the computer graphics... They didn't do a whole lot of computer graphics.
0: Uh, they did quite there a bit. There were some laser shots. They did quite a bit in Terminator 2. Terminator 2 with the liquid
1: metal they did.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but for the most part, it was all... It was all designed by Cameron and his team. And the special effects were just...
0: It was art. Yeah. When it, you... When it you, was amazing. It but was pretty cool. They, they seriously pushed the limits. They did it literally as good as they possibly could.
1: So there's the famous scene in the first Terminator film where um, Linda Hamilton, uh, who is playing Sarah Connor, is being chased by the torso, the remaining torso of the Terminator. <laughs> it's it, like this thing just will not quit. It will not die. And so she's trying to get away from it and it's just crawling after her. Apparently that was inspired by some fevered dream that James Cameron had in a trip to Europe once Um, got him into some trouble though because the plot itself is very similar to those that have been outlined in Twilight Zone and the Outer Limits. Now he claims the Terminator is all his and I would give him credit for that because well what he did with it was so amazing. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But the plot had been there before you know somebody traveling from the future to Uh the past to try and affect the future.
0: You look at basically every great movie some aspect of it plot or characters is based off of something else naturally nothing no media is produced in a vacuum and so there is always going to be inspiration
1: that's true and people shouldn't be um dissed for that so let's see here uh christian bale was a major contributor to the writing of salvation but he was the first person that was signed on and he basically told them that he wanted it, uh, he would only do the show if it was character ba- based and didn't have a lot of special effects. He didn't want to get drowned out by the se- special effects. So Salvation was specifically made to develop the John Connor
0: So, in character. instead of getting drowned out by special <laughs> effects, he got drowned out by poor writing.
1: By poor writing and... Which, unfortunately, was his own fault. Yeah. He wanted the character to be a certain way, and unfortunately, Dustin and I just could not stand
0: that character. Yeah. John Connor only works as a dream. Yeah. Past 10, he's... And, And realistically, how can you expect a kid who grows up believing he is the Messiah to be anything other than seriously messed up? This is true. That is a lot of pressure and would create quite the the uh, arrogance.
1: That's what you get with those millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does he count as a millennial if he goes jumping around all over the place?
0: Yeah, yeah, he still would be.
1: Coming of age in the yeah. 2000s, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: So well, let's talk about the science for a little bit. Uh, the singularity was a huge element.
1: Skynet becoming self-aware... And then deeming that the guys, the other guys, are just as dangerous as these, the the good guys, and that they all deserve to die. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what our our biggest fear is.
0: <laughs> well, so but but so the, the specifically with the the well, we'll get to the apocalypse. That's yeah, a different yeah, point. Yeah. But with the singularity itself, is it an instant thing or is it a gradual thing? Because the way they portray it in the movies. When they actually do portray it, which unfortunately is later in the, the bad movies is where they really flesh it out, it is, they're building a system that as soon as it goes live, at least in one version, uh, Rise of the Machines version, as soon as it goes live, it is Skynet, it is self-aware, and it determines the only way to protect humanity it, is to destroy humanity. It
1: takes like a millionth of a second for it to figure out.
0: Yeah. In the, in some of the later versions of it, it's more gradual as it slowly takes over the internet.
1: Yeah. And um, just the, the fact that people are so hyper-connected with their devices, what I consider to be the more realistic mm-hmm. approach, a lot of sci-fi is based on that moment that the singularity happens. Even though the mm-hmm. term singularity is referring to a single moment.
0: Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the term, it is the single moment where computers become smarter than humans. Well, relatively. I mean, in what way would you say? Where the processing power of a computer is higher than the processing power of a a human brain. We aren't there yet. Nope. Um, It often includes with it that at that moment, you have computers that can design better computers. So you end up having infinitely expanding technology or not infinitely uh exponential growth in in processing power and that we basically become irrelevant at that point but Uh, we are the masters one of the questions though that it does bring up is with and and this often comes up with anything talking about the singularity is is it destined to turn on us
1: right are humans so bad (laughs) so screwed up that any intelligent any intelligence would look at us and say, wow, that's got to be wiped out.
0: The The scary thing is, the most likely scenario for when it's going to happen is going to be a U.S. military defense system. That's, Go America! That's just who has the money to put it together. DARPA is going to design and build it. DARPA will destroy us all! And when that happens... So military system, uh, I I have a hard time believing that it would turn on us because every computer has programming. And even if they design a computer that can learn and adapt its programming, basic elements that are programmed into it would prevent it from being able to take over. I also don't
1: think... Like Isaac Asimov's three rules? Yeah. Because that should be built into every... Every AI. Every AI.
0: But I also think... Should be, not that it is. (laughs) (laughs) I also think that paranoia around AI, because of movies like Terminator, uh, I don't think that nuclear launch capability would ever be handed, handed over to a computer.
1: Well, and that's actually scarier than the alternative. I think the way we have it now is... We've got nuclear codes that are given to a single person, and that person, well, it's given to a group of people, and those people, I mean, are fallible human beings.
0: But it takes two people to turn the key.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't take much to scare the crap out of two people.
0: (laughs) That's, That's true. But that is a safeguard, and what is scary is some of the training that's been going on. We should have two AIs with keys (laughs) the the simple thing though is if the screening for uh nuclear officers is done appropriately which it hasn't been (laughs) the training is appropriate
1: which it hasn't been which it hasn't
0: been that's better than an ai oh man it's maybe we do need to just hand it over to computers there we go and
1: we're there skynet
0: oh wow yeah okay okay so the apocalypse Uh,
1: I, for one, welcome our futuristic (laughs) robot overlords. No.
0: So, the the apocalypse. They have fusion bombs, uh, which is what our our nuclear weapons are. Uh, EMPs. One thing that is interesting with that is the rationale for the launch changes as time progresses. Yes. So, in 1984, the U.S. launches... Skynet launches nukes on Russia. Actually, they don't even specify... They just say Skynet launched the, the the nukes, and everybody knew, okay, at the Russians, the Russians shot back. In Terminator 2, we were in detente, the Cold War was ending, and they had to explain Skynet launched the nukes on Russia, and they retaliated.
1: Yeah, it wasn't... Um it wasn't obvious as obvious as it would have been in cuz i mean that's a 6 year what was that a 6 year gap between mm. the two movies and you know, a lot happens yeah. like you know tearing down the berlin wall
0: the soviet union was actively disintegrating at that point
1: so this is the terminator series as a documentary on how people perceive the cold war
0: mhm there you go there's your thesis <laughs> Then with Rise of the Machines, Skynet launches the nukes on humanity. So it's not on the Russians it's to every, prompt It's just response. everybody. It's everybody. Okay. And in 2003, yes, they have the moment where Sky, uh, Skynet comes online, but it turned out Skynet was already operational and had already sent created and sent out a virus to take over every computer in the world which would have probably meant take over Russian nukes and Chinese nukes and French and British nukes and everybody else's nukes so that it could launch all the nukes.
1: Right, so you didn't have to just attack one and then wait for their retaliation when you could just shoot them all off at once. Smart, Skynet.
0: Smart. Now, one thing that is a little bit of a flaw in the plan, two flaws, they send off nukes. These are fusion bombs, Which are massive electromagnetic pulses, which fries electronics. Yeah. So Skynet would have short-circuited itself in its first action and been moot. Yeah. Also, if you look at where nuclear missiles launch, especially in a scenario where we're launching on Russia and they're launching back, if we're following the Cold War targeting parameters... Every power plant gets hit. So the entire grid is down, despite the EMPs. Okay. Even though the EMPs would be enough to fry the entire grid.
1: So we have um, no power because of EMP. Mm-hmm. We have no power because the power grid's been destroyed. Yep. No power means no machines. Yep. Sorry, Skynet. So
0: it's a self-defeating system.
1: Unless that's what it wants. <laughs> in that brief millisecond where it decides to destroy all humanity and then it realized no I might as well just kill myself as well
0: and what's what's craziest with it is when you have the version like with 2003 where it expands into every computer on the face of the earth and the version you have in Genesis where it's distributed across the planet you knock out the grid you just lost everything you just gained yep even if you have insulated power generation abilities.
1: So, what started out as a very clever plan it actually turns out to be kind of uh, null.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is.
1: Now, in the first couple of movies, in several of the movies, they're looking for Skynet's core. They're looking mm-hmm. for the central processing thing. Um, well, we determined that if there was such a th- core, the heat generated by that core would have made it impossible to happen. Something that massive would have extreme amounts of heat. Mm It would melt itself down within.
0: Right. You look at uh, say Google's data center on the Columbia River. It produces so much heat that they are actually doing water cooling from the river. Yeah. They're piping thousands of gallons of water through that to cool their systems because it produces so much heat. The bane of every data center is heat. It makes everything difficult. And yeah, a hardened system like that, powerful enough to be the singularity, no, it's not going to be that hardened.
1: No, it'll melt. So you can't have the heat. You can't have the power... Skynet, as shown in the movies and TV shows and comic books, probably can't exist.
0: Okay, so we have have that, that issue. Um, time travel. Coffin nailed. Time travel is a, a, definitely an interesting one.
1: Oh, the time travel's a mess. Okay, so we have the quantum
0: field generator.
1: That's the time machine, right? Yes. Okay.
0: It allows for... Well, okay, first off, quantum is at the... Submolecular level, so the ability to cool. use quantum fields to move humans and machines—that's slim. Uh, the
1: not just no, it's humans and flesh-covered right, machines. Right, right, because
0: you can't have because any it or it? metal
1: somehow. It was an excuse to yeah. get Arnold Schwarzenegger na- naked.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it the so if you can't carry a gun through or even wear underwear through as long as the metal exoskeleton is covered in flesh you're fine theoretically if the flesh had gotten ripped off of arnold's hand right before going through he couldn't have made it right he would lose his hand or even if he just had a tear in his skin anywhere right
1: it would get in it it's a stupid concept anyway
0: and especially because if you're dealing with a quantum field then since we're talking about the changes happening at the submolecular level, it doesn't matter what it is.
1: Right. Because As it's all... It's all...
0: It's all subatomic particles.
1: They can't tell the difference between flesh and non-flesh. Yeah. They're just particles.
0: Yeah. So, okay, that part's weird. Uh, initially, they only have the ability to travel back in time, or at least they only demonstrate that in Terminators 1, 2, and 3 yeah they don't deal with time travel really in four but in five and the Sarah Connor chronicles um, they have forward time travel' go to the future which is okay realistically time travel forward is easier than backwards because you just need relativistic speeds but at the quantum level, uh, what what little what knowledge there is of and what I understand of of quantum theory is at that level, time is meaningless and forward and backwards is all the same. So if you are doing a quantum field, then okay,
1: exactly. Why not? So the the, the you can't really argue that they couldn't go forward because eh, if once you're dealing with subparticles, it doesn't matter.
0: Except. Time is relative. Except with quantum and time, quantum time travel, you would not be moving through a stream of time, which they do cover in Genesis. While Kyle is going back in time, he gets to see himself saying something when he's a teenager. And that's weird. But he only got to see his own life going back in time.
1: Yeah, which. You'd think that if you're not moving, you would actually see just the stuff going on around you. Mm-hmm. But he specifically was looking at his own life.
0: Yeah, that so, was that was weird. Points off for that one. And but the biggest problem is the paradoxes in the first three movies. Yeah, I'll go with the first three. They don't really have paradoxes. Because, well, okay, there, there's the big one. There's the one really big paradox. The
1: really obvious one. The grandfather paradox.
0: Yeah, because John Connor sends his own father back in time to impregnate his mother. If John didn't do that, John wouldn't exist. Without that traveling back in time happening, John would not exist. So it creates this loop where the future effects of the action are required for the action that starts the chain and cause and effect cease to have meaning. I
1: think Futurama did an episode about that.
0: They've done a few.
1: <laughs> Just to brush up on your theoretical physics there.
0: it's It gets really weird and that is a really big one because... Okay, he is such a pivotal feature in history in the Terminator universe, and he, and he causes can't his, exist. he causes his own beginning.
1: Yeah, he can't exist unless certain things happen. Anyway,
0: so that gets weird. But one thing they are consistent with at least through the first three is it's all one stream of existence.
1: Right. You're not having multiple futures, multiple mm -hmm. universes,
0: multiple choices kind of thing. You are traveling back and forward in time and affecting things that change the future. And so John sends back a T-100, which later, because a T-100 was sent back by John to protect John, uh, Skynet uses a T-100 to kill John in the future. And then Kate takes that T-100 and sends that that T-100 back to protect the leaders of, of the Resistance from like 20 years later from Judgment Day. And you have Terminators getting sent back at numerous points because earlier attempts failed. And because they know they attempted it, it didn't change anything. They can send something back and try again. Uh, They also have the whole issue of... The Terminator got sent back two times. They killed Dyson. At the end of Terminator 2, um, they had the perfect opportunity for it to just be over. They prevented Judgment Day.
1: Yeah. That's where it should have ended.
0: They actually had had a version of the ending that they filmed and didn't use. Where... Too bad. Too bad. Sarah Connor was an old woman writing about the events that happened writing her memoir and how she stopped Judgment Day. And she's writing this while adult John is a U.S. senator playing with his daughter. Ah. And they didn't use that. Instead, they use her. Saying, they wanted
1: to keep it alive so they could make more movies. They
0: went with an open-ended ending, That's so terrible. they could make more movies.
1: And terrible.
0: They, yeah, they should have just stopped it then. But so you have... Like, at that point, Skynet was prevented, but it ended up just delaying it because the technology was already to be being developed. Dyson may have died, but uh, Cyberdyne continued. They were able to recover some of the data. They were able to continue their operations. Yes, they were put behind by 10 or 20 years...
1: Right, that's why there's a big change in the dates. If you're trying to follow along with the dates, mm-hmm. you'll notice that they're jumping all over the place because these mul- these different futures, um, sometimes the Judgment Day was punted forward, or later, rather. Yeah. Um, and it starts to get really confusing. So,
0: But at least in, through the first three movies, it's consistent. Then you have the fact that by the fourth fifth movie sarah connor chronicles it becomes very clear that there are multiple timelines
1: yeah there's obviously multiple timelines and you can tell that the franchise at this point has changed hands multiple Mm -hmm. times um which that just makes things messy
0: so every time it what gets really weird with that when you have multiple timelines you send someone back in time and you create a new timeline what benefit does that really have because the timeline you're in doesn't change.
1: No, but in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, they did mention one of the resistance fighters went back in time to escape that future. Mm-hmm. She just didn't want to deal with it anymore, so she <laughs> jumped in and went back in time and was living in L.A. in two thousand seven. It's like yeah. that's uh, that's a good way to go, I think, <laughs> but. Sending somebody else back in time to change your future. And obviously, and in this case, it wouldn't have done anything.
0: Right. So they ruined it by making it multiple timelines. Yeah. Uh, but they also, they did leave the possibility for that in the first movie. So maybe that was the way it was all along when Kyle Reese is talking to Sarah and she says, okay, so that's what's going to happen. And he says, that is one possibility for the future.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: that can be interpreted two ways, as either there are multiple futures, or because he went back in time, he changed the past, which means that future that he came from may not end up existing because of those changes.
1: Which is kind of what they were hoping for. Yeah, that was the whole point. The whole point was to prevent Judgment Day. Well,
0: actually, the whole point was to prevent the Resistance.
1: Right, that happened. Well, Terminator 2, the whole point was to... Um, prevent judgment day anyway
0: so yeah it gets the the paradoxes get weird the paradoxes kind of bother me quite a like, bit
1: the first two i would even give the third one a little like uh, okay but by the time we're in the fourth fifth and tv series it's just like okay forget it the terminators franchise needs to die uh-huh. um there's keep releasing special editions for every five years that comes goes by and just there's yeah there's
0: there's too many timelines there's too many paradoxes there are too many things that just don't make sense by the time you get to Terminator 5 I would actually say 1 and 2 are great 3 was yeah not bad not great it was forgettable but it was a third movie in a series they're usually pretty sucky Yeah. Unless it's written from the beginning to be a trilogy, and Terminator was not. No, it was not. And everything past that just uh, ruined it. Uh, After watching everything in Terminator, I think preparing for this episode ruined one of my favorite movie franchises.
1: Unforeseeable consequences right there. We didn't, didn't think that through but somebody has to do it. So, so we're doing it for you. So,
0: uh, what the, the big takeaway from this? Terminator 1 and 2 are canonical. And awesome. And awesome. And Sarah prevents judgment day. That is the ending. Everything after that don't even watch it. Don't it's, bother. It's somebody's fan fiction. Yeah, it ugh, ugh. Okay, so, uh Let's go ahead and move on to the good and the bad.
1: Oh, yes. Good times. Good times. The good. Uh, The one-liners. Arnold Schwarzenegger's one-liners that he developed and turned into art. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Come with me if you want to live. I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, my God. There's so many good ones.
0: Well, and what was awesome was come with me if you want to live. That was first used by Kyle Reese in Terminator 1
1: but the one that everybody thinks about is, is the Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. one from Terminator 2. So, that's awesome. We're, yeah. we're just nerding out a little bit about that. Uh
0: for for me the, the the good is the the fight for humanity's survival. Ah, yeah. And the timing of it. We were at the peak of the nuclear arms race when this started.
1: Which you and I kind of miss out on because we were too young. Yeah. We were babies.
0: Yeah. Uh, my fir- the first world event I remember is the fall of the Berlin Wall. And I remember that because they interrupted TV programming by pausing it,
1: continued
0: <laughs> everything, and I got to stay up past my bedtime until the the show we were going to watch ended. Because back then, they could do that with TV because... The transmission stopped at a certain time. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. But so but the 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 fight for humanity's survival, this was during the Cold War, this was during the nuclear arms race. Uh and the basic premise was we are going to kill ourselves with these nukes. And it was done in a very palatable way that made People feel good about being human
1: and not trust their microwave. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And it was during the that period in the Cold War and it wasn't the us versus them wasn't us against the Russians. It was humanity against something. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool.
1: It's a good theme to go by. Uh, My favorite is probably just cinematography the good that's the good um the crawling torso scene the fight with the t-1000 in terminator 2 with the liquid metal oh my god i mean it was just oh was so good <laughs> lots of flames and explosions and trucks blowing up i loved it yeah that yeah. was good action flick right there oh yeah all right so what was what was your least favorite what's the bad john connor john connor Yep. He sucked the life out of this show. It should have, the first two focused on Sarah Connor and a young John Connor.
0: But, but more young, on Sarah.
1: But more on Sarah. And um, yeah, beyond that, John Connor just sucked.
0: Mm-hmm. But then when they actually did do a show focusing on Sarah Connor, the Sarah Connor Chronicles.
1: Ah, she was a character. She was not focused on her. It true. was focused on John Connor and his coming yeah. of age story. Okay, yeah,
0: that's true. That is true.
1: So, John Connor still managed to screw that up.
0: Yeah. So Sorry, yeah, whenever John Connor, whenever John is the focus, it sucks.
1: Well, at least that's our professional opinion. <laughs> professional podcasting hobbyist opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh also the I would say in the bad is the fact that they made more movies than they should have. They made a TV show they never should have. They took what was a great... They took a good movie. They made a great sequel. And they had to keep going. It made money, so they had to make more. And it was a plot that, to continue, tears it apart.
1: Yep. Well, you know what they say about the good guy that lives long enough to become the villain? That's kind of what happened here. Yeah. Should have killed it when it was young and glorious. Like everything else in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) There's. Like that hair. Because there's
0: few series really that can actually pull that off. There's. Star Trek has done it. Surprisingly. Star Wars. mm, There. It's been hit or miss. It's been hit or miss. Uh, But the the original trilogy, and actually I would say both trilogies worked as trilogies because they were written to be trilogies.
1: Same thing with The Matrix?
0: The Matrix, yep. Uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. When you have a trilogy written to be a trilogy, typically the first and third are good. It's the second that sucks. Yeah, typically. If they just stop, don't stop making movies, then...
1: Unless you are The Hobbit, in which case the third one sucks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> then the first, first and second work, and after that it starts to fall apart. Uh, we're gonna do Alien, the Alien series here in a, a, a while, yes. and that kind of had same the same problem. Thing. One and two were awesome. And
1: then it kind of went downhill and became forgettable. Yeah, and then yeah. it spun off. And uh, anyway, we'll talk about that yes. one on
0: another show. We'll be back in a month with Blade Runner.
1: All right.
0: So watch it and be ready.
1: All right, we'll see you next month.
0: Bye. You can visit us on the web at scifinomads.com, email us at contact at scifinomads.com, tweet us at scifinomads, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scifinomads. In each case, it's spelled S-C-I-F-I-N-O-M-A-D-S. No spaces and no hyphens. The music in this episode is Urban Jungle 2061 by Eric Matias, www.soundimage.org. Hasta la vista, baby.